that means uh, I'm recording again. I always feel uh, just a little conflicted when I start recording a day after or even the same day that I've just put out a podcast. Uh, they have been less frequent uh, since my my uh, walking issues and I felt good about that. I felt good. I'm giving my listeners, my regular listeners, a break. There won't be too many. Like, you know, space them out. But here I am, wanting to <laughs> get started again. So, with apologies, uh, although I won't release this, I'm not going to stay long. I'm I'm in Sal. Was my one thing on my list for today. Get yourself into Sal without asking Dan for help. You know, get out, get the walker out the door, um, and uh, get in here. It was snowed under a little bit. Uh, I can't see through the front windshield. Uh, and Dan mm, did not do a great job shoveling. There's still a lot of snow in the driveway. His his method is, well, if it warms up, it'll melt. And uh, that's not always the best way. Uh, the problem is, I'm, I'm in Sal. I came out here. Okay, i got to start it up, make sure everything's working okay. But the past few times I've come in, there is a beeping from my CO2 direct, uh, detector. Not director, detector. And of course, everybody says, oh my God, get out, get out. But it, no, it's not it. It's it's not CO2. It's There is a space between the beeps, like about 30 seconds, uh, not a rapid beeping. And that just means it has to be replaced. And it's a tricky job. You can't even get a screwdriver in there to take this thing down or shut it off, which you don't really want to do. But who do you get? you know, to, to replace your CO2 director in an RV. I know there's people out there who, it doesn't have to be an RV person, I don't think, at all. Uh, so I'm going to have to hunt that down because it's irritating to have, every time I come in, to have this thing. It's it's a piercing noise. Um, and I looked it up and it said, yeah, about every seven years. And I looked, and sure enough, it was June 2016, uh, when it was last replaced, so here it is, uh, seven years later. So it's time. So that's good. It's not. I don't have a leak. There's no carbon monoxide in the vehicle, but it does. It is an important feature to have when you're using propane, and therefore, it's one more damn thing to fix. The more stuff you own, the more stuff you've got to take care of and replace and fix and spend money on. But. Uh, I'm happy to have Sal. So I'm, I'm going to keep this really, really short uh, as just kind of an introduction to say, yep, I gotta, I gotta do stuff. I gotta get myself mobile. I gotta uh, stop seeing myself as a bit of an invalid. I, I've, it's very easy to get lazy, you know, when you got kind of an excuse. Oh, you know, I can't do stuff. I can't get up the stairs, and I can get quite comfortable doing nothing but watch Netflix and, uh, like, the Red Rose series I'm watching now from England, another good one. Uh, and, you know, have an excuse, uh, didn't have a shower today, I really don't need to, I'll just stay in my pajamas. And that's not good. That's not good at all. I'm, I'm telling myself, you don't need to be told, you know that. But it's easy to slip into that and see yourself as, well, I'm, I kind of, you know, you know, until I get this occupational therapist straightening me out and ordering this new proper thing to get around, I really can't do anything. So, anyway, that's not the case, but that is how I am acting. I see the mailman coming, I've got taxes to take care of, and oh my god, the real world doesn't stop. You know, you just have to uh, adapt. So there we are. Okay, I'm not going to, I don't want him to see me. He usually does. We always greet each other, but ah, oh, he just we we waved. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. All right. So this is Scarborough, dude. This is episode number Dixon Jane's uh, 936, and I'm coming to you from March 1st. Uh, my wife will be home on, uh, I guess, by Tuesday morning, 1 a.m. Uh, but meanwhile, Daniel and I are coping well, and uh, he made supper last night. My turn tonight. So that's it. Damn that beeping, you know. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, it's an important thing. It's a good thing. I, I'm guessing the thing is, does a, does a shoe fit in the forest if there's nobody there to try it on? Does this thing beep all the time, even when the door's not been opened and, and uh, the, thing's, the, the vehicle's not running? I don't know. Scarborough Dude, signing off. Just a greeting, just a hello, just to let you know I'm back there and uh, trying to get back to my... Uh, peppier self. Bye for now. Ding, ding, ding. Now, if I tell you the walker just went by, just as I arrived, just as I pulled in, first person I see is the walker, you'll know where I am. Yes, good for you, good for you. Jason got it. Thompson Park. Yes, I'm here. On my own, too. An outing. This is an outing. Uh, there's a big storm coming, uh, we are told, or the weathermen are telling us. Hang on, i got to do up the window. It's cold. Oh, shit. That means you got to start the car to do the window. Uh, yeah, promises. So I thought, well, all right, if I'm going to go out, better go out this morning. And, uh, well, no, early after lunch. And here we are. My outing, the plan for the day. I try to make a plan or one thing I have to do each day. Today was to go to Cedar Bray Mall, to go into the wellness store, find out where it was, first of all. It's newly opened there. Into wellness and try out, sit in a few of the uh, rollators, you know, these, these walkers with the seats and the handlebars and so on. I've already picked out a model I want, and but I just I want to go in and see them and what they look like and maybe compare them. And I thought it'd be a store full of them, and there are very few because it's a very small space, probably a temporary space. And you have to order them, and they order they're all on trucks somewhere, and you know might take two weeks to get one. I think oh two weeks, there's no way I'm going to get to Vancouver on this trip if I if I, and I and I haven't even started yet. First of all, this is the paperwork. All right, I, I know I'm going to go back and forth a little bit. Okay, here's the deal. I'm using a borrowed walker that's two wheels and a, and a stand with little skis on it, and you push that, and they're very, it's okay inside the house, but boy, going outside and, you know, in a mall and on pavement, these are not good things to go with. These are things you might use in your bedroom, slippers to shuffle along, you know, to get to the toilet before you shit your pants. But, uh, no, I want a proper four-wheel thing with a seat and the handbrakes and, you know, luxury. They're, they're great. I've, I mean, I'm really, I want one of these the way a lot of people want a car. I'm dreaming about them now. And I've picked out my model. It's an Nexus 3. There's a beautiful blue model. And I thought, okay, go to the mall and at least look and maybe get a little more information, whatever, you know. Um, but... There was only one. It was. It wasn't the tall. There's a taller model, and they only had. They had a midi, medium. And it was okay. I could have, could have tried it out, and it was blue. Except there was a man hanging on to it, and he wouldn't let go. He was very agitated. He hadn't bought it. He was sort of on his own, and I'm thinking he was kind of confused. I, I think dementia had already got a hold of him. Um, because he wouldn't let, he wouldn't let go. He wouldn't let me sit in it, basically. <laughs> That's what it came down to. And the lady in the store who worked there said, well, it's not his. He hasn't bought it. You can look at it. And I kind of felt badly for him. Like he was, he was really, really upset. Like he was waiting for somebody and somebody had already taken it away once. And he was really upset. And then when it came back, he grabbed on. He wasn't going to let that go again. That was his. 
And I tried speaking to him, and he, he, no, he wasn't. All he had, his hands were on the bars, and that was his. And he, 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 nobody was going to take it from him. And I, I left the mall. I mean, it was scary enough me just going in there, getting out of the car on my own, opening up the uh, collapsible walker, going across pavement, traffic. You know, I, even though I was in a handicapped spot, there's still a bit of a walk. Uh, getting in the mall and and the surfaces are different and these you gotta just be careful and there's this tra- terrible terrible fear of falling because I have a leg that just sort of collapses on its own and and I've already told you that but anyway it's it's kind of scary so I get there you know mission not accomplished and I, when I left I thought you know I should have just been a little more forceful I should have just said hey I want to sit in that one it's not yours. But, you know, I, I kind of felt bad for him. Uh, you know, what difference is it going to make? You know, it's I've already picked out what I want. The blue is so nice. I don't, do not want a black one. Do not want a red one. I want a blue one. And uh, I know that model. So it's going to be a long time. And, and the unfortunate part, and I haven't even started, right? I've got to do... I've got to get the occupational therapist. They have to fill out the forms. The forms have to be submitted to the provincial government. They have to give approval. They have to then, wellness has to, you know, make the arrangement with them for purchase and they pay for 80% or 75%. I pay the remaining, the balance, you know, a hundred bucks or something. (sighs) I think she said $85. But I also have to, well, it's not started. And and that's bothering me because there's no way I'm going to be able to. I gotta open the window now because the walker's coming by on his round, and I gotta have the window down, radio off. I just have to wave to him when he goes by. Unless he's leaving. All right. Anyway, uh, so anyway, so now, so I decided. Okay, I, so the day is not wasted. I'm gonna to come to Thompson Park. Now I seem to have wasted not only. Uh, your time, but a little bit of mine through this. Ah, it's just so, it's weird. There, there was, I felt some compassion and anger for that man who wouldn't let go of his walker that wasn't his. Oh, oh, Jesus, I believe that, well, oh, that was me, sorry. I gotta lean out and say hello. Hello! Hi! Yeah, how are you? Good. I can't walk today. Yeah. My leg my leg is not hurting. My leg is hurting. I can't walk. Bye-bye. That was the exchange. I, I don't know what he says. I never know what he says. You know, <laughs> but it's important to me, all right? These little things are important to me. Maybe I'm like the man who was holding the chair. Maybe that's what I was afraid of. Maybe I was seeing myself. It's mine. Don't touch it. Going into restaurants. Somebody looks, oh, that's a nice walker. Leave it alone. It's mine. It's blue. <laughs> Am I losing it? Oh, Jesus. I hope not. But it is. it is... You know, this is my story, and my story is I'm adapting, I've accepted this new condition. You know, I don't mind going up and down on my bum. I don't know that how long that'll be. I maybe it maybe my leg will get a little stronger, uh, and I may have the confidence to actually go up back as I used to, because otherwise, if I don't, uh, like I asked uh, my good friend David, who has been using a walker for much longer. Well, I have. I'm not using one. He's using one has been for years, and um, he said he was terrified when he used an escalator. And I was oh, shit, yeah, I was counting on escalators because most of, you know, in the TTC, it's escalators going up, some going down. Uh, but he said, I got to the top, and I, I just froze, and it was panicking, you, you know, and I realized, oh, my God, I know that. Because the, the issue is you have no balance. It's not just that you've got a wonky leg. But you have no balance. You just don't know what your body's going to do. You don't know where it is almost in space. You know, it's like floating in space. Well, it's not really, but I'm trying to get it across. There's this this fear that goes with, I could fall, unless you're gripping something. And me just going to the bathroom, you know, where I can't fit the roller in, 
I, I'm hanging on walls and grabbing on the sink and I finally know how to take a shower, which is great. I can do that sitting down. Anyway, it's all a bit of an adaptation and I'm really, really keen to get to this next step when I, I can master one of these really nice four-wheeled walkers and gain and have confidence and feel, yeah, I can go out now. Maybe I can even ride the TTC, I don't know, but, uh, you know, that, that day has to come. Like, yeah, it has to. I have to get there. And I, now I'm just at the beginning of the stage, and I'm very frustrated because now I can't even fucking get the damn thing. All right, Scarborough Dude, that was all just a little bit of a, another little piece along the way of uh, this never-ending story. Yeah, all right. Bye for now. Maybe we're going to give you some music. You want some music? Okay. Well, folks, I hadn't uh, really planned on this. It is, uh, what is it? It's Saturday, March 4th, I think. Somewhere around there. Hang on while I check my phone. Yeah. Oh, quarter to four already. It's bright and sunny. Um, gosh, there's some noise in the background. I don't know if, if that's right or not. Jimi Hendrix, so you can't really tell. Sounds like it's playing it backwards. Maybe that was supposed to be that way. Uh, start of Electric Ladyland? And the gods. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. We'll just turn that down a little bit. I have, like, I'm in saddle, so I've got, like, two shelves lined deep with uh, CDs. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's good to be back in Sal. This is where I sort of I, I, I reconnect with myself again. Um, what's going on? I think I recorded you just previous to this from uh, Thompson Park. Well, we had a snowfall, like a record snowfall here in uh, Toronto, Scarborough. And it's deep. It's it's beautiful. It's sunny now, and the snow is... This is the deepest it's been all year, all winter. It's quite incredible. So my son did a, a I'd say, fair job of clearing the driveway. At least we can get the car in and out, so that's something. Uh, you gotta, you got to be careful backing out, because when the city plows the road... They leave a whole lot of snow right at the end of your driveway, and then you got to work like hell to clear that out. They used to actually clean it themselves. The truck would stop with its plows, and they would open up each driveway, but I think they stopped doing that a couple of years ago. Anyway, I hadn't shoveled where my road trek is parked. And so it was, you know, you couldn't get any doors open. I said, I, I gotta, I kind of got to get in there. So he has just cleared the way. So with my walker, I can get from the front porch. And uh, the walker's left outside. And I am now sitting comfortably inside. Uh, now, I had a reason for doing this. Uh, and it was because, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned or when, but my alarm, I have a CO2, a carbon monoxide detector. And it just started beeping. And uh, so on the last trip, I read on the back, and it said, gosh, 2006. What's the date on this thing? 2016. So there we are. That's seven years. And that's about the lifetime of one of these babies. And uh, so I've got to get that replaced. Now, the beeping wouldn't stop. And as soon as, you know, I, I don't hear it if I'm not in the road trip, but it's just continuous, sort of a 30-second, then beep, a very annoying sound. And I thought, oh, Ken, you know, forget your bum leg. 
you still got to do things in life. You want this, you want this baby back out in the road. So I did a little research. I went online. I found one identical, but it was like $110 and out of stock. And these are hardwired. And I'm just assuming, okay, these are more reliable. I don't know a better thing. And you don't want to, you don't want to go cheap on things like carbon monoxide detectors. Um, so I don't know. Then they, you can find them on Amazon for $30 or so that are just battery operated. And then I guess you just have to replace the battery, you know, every once in a while. So I'm not sure what to do, but what I had to do today was stop the beeping. So I asked my son, go down to the basement. We got two yellow screwdrivers. I'm holding them in my hand now with Robert's heads. And they're both very small Robert's heads. And they have a long shaft. And that's exactly the screwdriver I needed to fit to take one of these things down. You couldn't do it with a regular screwdriver. Uh, and it had to be a very long, narrow shaft because that's the way it was designed not to take these damn things out. And it was—it just felt so good to have the tool for the job handy. Like, I knew where it was. I knew where it was in our basement, and I knew that was the tool I needed. And I've just come in, and lo and behold, I disconnected, got the two screws out, disconnected the wires, and now I have silence. I no longer have that annoying beep. And I feel really good about that because if you know me, I just put things off forever. Or things just begin to get too complicated and, oh, my God, I'll do it later. And I know this problem has gone on for a while. But today I did, I did the first step. I've disconnected it. I've taken it down. Uh, next step is to find a replacement, buy a replacement, and either a battery-operated or preferably I'd like to go back and use the very same one and the same screw holes and the same wiring, and it's just two wires. Oh, I should have taken a picture for connecting which wire went where. No, no, I think it's I think it's foolproof from the looks of it. We'll see. Anyway, so I did something today, and I, I feel good about that. I'm no further ahead in terms of getting myself one of these wonderful wheelie walkers. Uh, although I did put in a call for somebody. I'm willing to pay money to have an OT, you know, try and hasten the project and uh, get this thing done. So I guess uh, I'm not going to see much more. I'm just going to enjoy a little bit of the sunshine. I'm just going to enjoy sitting in Sal. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I've become very self-conscious since this thing happened. I'm very aware I don't want to fill up the time with continual reports on my health. I shouldn't even be telling you that much. You know, just forget it. But it, it's it's front and center, and it's hard to to put that aside. And so it's making me, you know, I'm not I'm not as relaxed. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm just a little bit self conscious. Okay, but right now. Uh, I was just greeting my neighbor. I, I, the window is wide open, and I'm faced, and I'm like right tight against, because I'm in my driveway. Their yard, deep in snow, white snow, and the, the sun is just reflecting off this, and it's just, it's joyous. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's like being outside on a wonderful, warm winter day after this crazy thunderstorm we had, thundersnow it was something crazy like that so uh, anyway it is saturday my wife will be returning home at about uh, 1 30 a.m tuesday morning i got to be at the airport to pick her up and i'm just hoping the highways are cleared we had a somebody killed here in scarborough on the highway for an accident yesterday roll you know people don't drive well in the snow conditions and uh, this was a bit of a rollover and then crashed by other cars oh my god Highway blocked, but uh, I'll be extra, extra careful. I just want to get my wife at the airport. She'll be exhausted and just get her home safely. All right, so I, I don't suppose you want to hear any... Uh, I never listened to Electric Ladyland. I didn't have the vinyl. I've got the vinyl for uh, Access Bold of Love, but for this one, I don't. So I don't know this CD as well. I think I'll just keep playing it for a while, but uh, I won't share it with you because you, you probably don't want to hear Voodoo Child.
That is the uh, one of those wonderful bells, but this one happens to be in my library. And, of course, that's where I happen to be, my basement bar library. And that's pretty exciting to me. Maybe not to you right now. It doesn't make any difference whether I'm in Thompson Park, uh, Bluffers, or in my car, whatever. But for me, it means the world. This is the first time I've been down the basement in, uh, well, well over a month um, and it was a trial, you know, again, I had to come down the stairs on my bum and I had my son go in advance of me to have my walker handy at the foot of the stairs. so I could get up and, uh, get here. And, um, I had a purpose and the purpose was, well, to record another clip to you. Uh, you know, I'm very reluctant to record in my house, especially in the living room with, uh, you know, people coming and going and it's just, you know, it's not... It's not an inspiring place. It's where I sit back and consume too much television and uh, Netflix and so on. But here, I feel a little more myself. I'm, I'm surrounded by my personal history, all my books, all my souvenirs, this little corner I'm in now. So it was very important for me to get down here and, uh, you know, be able to function. Going back up will be tricky. Um, you know, I mean... I can probably drag the folded uh, walker with me so that when I get to the top of the stairs, I have a way of standing up because there's no railing. It's a very dangerous basement stairs, so we're going carefully on that. But anyway, yeah, quick update. Uh, Nalco got home, uh, well, she was home by 2, 2.30 a.m. on uh, Tuesday morning. It is now Wednesday afternoon. And, um, you know, Daniel and I left the house in the best condition we could manage. Daniel did most of the work. And, of course, she went right to it. And, and uh, I, I said, raised it up to Japanese standards of cleanliness. And my friend Bruce corrected me and said, no, no, the difference is not Japanese-Canadian. It's male-female. And... Um, there may be something in that, although Naroko corrected me when I told her that. And she said, no, no, my Japanese friend doesn't care that much about housework or cleaning, but her husband's fanatical about it. So you can't make any standards. Any, anyway, <laughs> all of which is to say, it's nice to have my wife back home after three weeks away. I, I won't go into the details of her visit. She was in Vancouver with our eldest son, and she was in Japan visiting family. And uh, now she's back. Uh, out shopping, and uh, she'll be back at 4 o'clock so that uh, she can take me to Cedarbury Mall where I am going to go and look for uh, and select and hopefully purchase my mobility device, my roller as they're called. Uh, it's down between a Nexus 3 and an Evolution. Um, and we'll see, you know, it might... It might boil down to which has the most comfortable seat and I'm told the evolution is more comfortable to sit on and I <laughs> I will be sitting a lot when I have one of these babies and that's the wonderful thing about them uh, the stand-up walker I'm using now is just that simply you stand and you shuffle down the hallway with it uh, but uh, as I've mentioned but the other one wow I I'm counting on it giving me legs again, you know, I'm being able to, when the, when the snow melts, the ice is gone and I can get out on the sidewalk and get my way to a local park or drive to a special place and then get out and use this thing. I, I'm counting on being able to get around, get some exercise and fresh air again. And I'm definitely counting on being able to go camping and, uh, you know, I'll probably bring a few devices with me for just for the sake of balance. The issue is simply, uh, Without something to hold on to, I have no balance, and I, I can't bend over without falling. So, 
Let's park all that. But uh, it's it's all progress. It's all good things. I've pretty well shelved the idea of going to Vancouver. I, I can't see that working. Nor can I transfer the ticket to my younger son, who we thought, well, that would be good. He'd just have him go instead. But um, I don't think that would be possible. Anyway, I have a few notes here, and I'm not going to cover them. I've got Haiti and the Ukraine, China, Russia, the fall of America, um, what is the American way? Too many ads I'm getting now in my Twitter stream and uh, for home elevators and these stair ride things you sit on and they take you upstairs, you know, uh, just because somehow it's clear that uh, I have mobility issues. They know that. Uh, Big Brother is watching. And so uh, all these ads geared towards – and the elevators are very cool. Like they make a hole in your ceiling – and have this glass shaft that uh, rises up and down. Wouldn't that be cool if you had a very fancy big new house? But uh, for the time being, I'll, I'll rely on my bum to get me up and downstairs. Thank you. All right. So, are we good so far? That's just a, a quick update. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit in a, a happy place, I guess, today. I guess because I've come down to a happy place. So, that helps a lot, right? Uh, being surrounded by all my books and and just the importance of knowing that okay this is another stage in life but it's it's <sighs> there are times when you can get depressed and think oh my god I can't do this I can't do that like watching a travel show on Europe and think oh my god that looks fabulous and watching people climb these stairs up into a tower and that's all I couldn't do that I'd be waiting at the bottom. Um, but then I remind myself, it clicks in, wait a minute, man, you did, you've been to Europe three times already. What more do you want? Don't be greedy, you asshole. And uh, I'm good with that. So, can I move on? Ring the bell. Seems a very quiet bell, I don't know. Anyway, a change of topic. Um, I've been watching a lot of shows, and I guess on uh, Amazon Prime they had American Playboy the Hugh Hefner story. I guess this was released after he died. Um, and I'd seen parts of it before, but never the whole thing. It was a 10-part series. And boy, did I ever enjoy that. And, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was very much a biased account of Hugh Hefner done, you know, would have been to his liking, making him look like uh, a saint most, and of course, we know that he wasn't. However, how bad was he compared to others? What, what about the good that maybe he he did? Uh, and and you know, there's there's, a, there's an issue of balance in there. And I'm I'm coming down in favor of a round of applause for Hugh Hefner. Um, it it got into details of the very first story, you know, first magazine, him, you know, working and, and realizing I, I could do better. I'll do this. And, you know, the opening pictures of Marilyn Monroe and the whole story. It is interesting. But what was great about the series was it took you through the history, the background history of of um, civil rights and uh, AIDS and, and all the things happening and how he had to address that in the magazine, how it changed over time. And then you've gone from this magazine that sold a lot of copies to an empire. I, I didn't realize that how many casinos they had. They were making millions and millions of dollars in England uh, on gambling in a Playboy casino. And then he added casinos all over the place. Uh, and then the Playboy clubs. Well, of course, they came first. Uh, Montreal had one. And... It just, you know, this empire they built up. I mean, they tried music industry, film industry, lots of things, and a lot of failures when his daughter finally came in and had to cut their losses. But quite an amazing story of starting off with a few friends in his room putting together a magazine and growing into this huge empire. Now, I'm holding on my lap a copy of Playboy from April 19... Oh, May. Sorry, May 1967. Uh, Entertainment for Men. It features the cover's wonderful picture, Grand Prix Racing, The Ultimate Sport by Ken W. Purdy. I know that name, Purdy, in terms of writing about it. So a wonderful story about uh, 
Grand Prix racing in 1967. The names, of course, I know that. Remember, I would have been 19 years old at this time. I bought Playboy magazine. I didn't buy them all, but I had a sizable collection that unfortunately... Um, when I moved out of home and I was traveling around Europe with Nelco on our way back to Canada, uh, my parents had to, they sold their house and moved to Ottawa. I wasn't around at the time, so I didn't get to say, keep this, throw that out, whatever. My father kindly saved all my car magazines, but got rid of the Playboy collection. Now, the Playboy collection, <laughs> it's its kind of sad reporting that because the Playboy collection would have been worth a lot more. Um, so they were gone and understandable, you know. I mean, my father was a pretty good upright, both a good Christian person, never bought Playboy himself. Uh, that just wouldn't have been his thing. Certainly, to, the funny thing, I had the collection in the basement. And when my nephews used to visit me, my sister's children, uh, I also had Mad Magazine and Car Magazines, and I had a shelf of all my magazines. And the elder of the nephews, Tim, would uh, say, as soon as you arrived at the house, um, can I go downstairs and, and look at Uncle Ken's Mad Magazines? And, <laughs> and we knew, of course, it was Uncle Ken's Playboys that he was going to look at. Uh, so that was pretty funny. Uh, anyway... So I have a history, and 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 you know, I mean, you, as a teenager, you're you're looking. Sure, the, the the nude women were fine. I didn't read that many of the stories. You know, the jokes were funny, I, some of them. Um, but you looked at the ads, and you found out what was cool. I, I know I bought an album, uh, Astrid Gilberto, uh, Girl from Ipanema. And I know I bought that because it was written about in Playboy. That was the kind of thing. Playboy, and, and this comes out across in the in the ten part series of Hugh Hefner sort of guiding men on on the good life, the cool life, the you know what what makes a, a you know what makes a man really. And you're always looking for as a younger person, you're looking for some kind of guidance there. And it was very much about the clothing style. I like I love the shirt ads, you know, wow, that'd be nice. Oh my I'd love to have that jacket. Uh the smart shoes, the liquor they drank, the pipes, you know, everything. And of course all the ads, the magazine is just full of those ads because these corporations, once they realize, wow, this thing is selling, you know, two hundred million copies a month. Or two million, sorry, not two hundred million, two million copies a month. Um Wow, there's advertising in there. And so all the liquor, all the car companies, all the, the watch manufacturers, there's so much. And it's fun to go through the magazine just to look at the ads. And uh, I, that's something I certainly remember um, as, a, as a guy, as a, as a kid, as a teenager. Um, and, of course, you liked the girls. There was always, a, there we are, the, a Vargas girl. Um, but the thing that... I think is overlooked is the, I'm just flipping past the nudes. Oh, there's the fold out to the center fold. Um, was the stories. I mean, this features an, an interview with Woody Allen. Well, Kerouac contributed to writing here. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Norman Mailer, all the writers that he, they, they had the money and they paid people. To write the short stories, there's one here I already started on the Vietnam War or the uh, Korean War. And wow, that looks interesting. I'm going to read that. Because truthfully, I think I did not read all that many of the articles in my day. You might read the Playboy Advisor or some of the letters. But there's a lot. It's packed full of reading. Okay, what I am saying is this is a quality magazine. And I think it's kind of sad. I mean, he he met, there was, in the movie, you'd see Gloria Steinman sort of criticizing him for his, uh, what is the word, um, about uh, making women just, object, objectifying women. Um, and he, he was pretty feeble comebacks. He wasn't very good at his reply and, and some of the mistakes. So I'm, I'm not, I'm saying it's an interesting history. It's very biased. Of course, it was put out by his daughter from his first marriage who, uh, was became president of the company and, and all his supporters. So it all comes out in favor of what a wonderful guy Hugh Hefner was. But it is still a story worth telling. 
and uh, the magazine, that's what I'm here for today. And I'm very happy to have four of them. I'm just, I started with 67. Uh, yeah, I'm back. A uh, little interruption there. I uh, I leaned over to pick up the magazines and it shut the recorder off and then the batteries died. Uh, what was funny about it? I'm sitting in the basement. My son is upstairs in his room, two floors up. And um, I want to keep talking to you. I'm not finished yet, but I've got no batteries. I look around the basement. There's nothing here that requires AA batteries that I can find anyway in my bar. So I texted upstairs to my son's room. That's all I could do. And next thing I hear some footsteps in the house, and I know it's going from his room to my room. And then I hear the pitter-patter so quickly of his feet coming down two flights of stairs. And it just, it was kind of a a funny reminder. I'm going up so slowly on my bum chair, you know, step by step by step. And to hear somebody just young and sprite, just hopping down the stairs top speed uh, with four batteries in his hand. So I can now record to you again. I... I'm in the middle. I've got it open at the Grand Prix. I'm so excited to be reading because I was interested in Formula One in 1967. So to have a magazine of that time, I didn't realize till I picked it up today, oh, that's one of the feature articles. I just bought these magazines and thought, you know, I don't know what store I ever got them from. But anyway, uh, but the other ones... I wanted to say that I've got, leaning over, oh my God, that's a nice cover, um, Four ninety nine. I paid for them. And they're in like in a, in a plastic case you know, with cardboard backing. So they're all in like very good condition. We're not talking about scrungy old things you'd find behind some bushes. Um, February 1970. Oh, it was up to a dollar then. What was it in 67? It used to be 50 cents. 75 cents. Okay. A dollar. And uh, which was a, a good price, and then the other one is oh, and, and who was in the 1970? Sorry, now look at this. See how other uh, learn about the drug scene from Alan Watts, William Burroughs, James Colburn, and, and others. Okay, so William Burroughs here. Um, what else we got? Dig our favorites ranked in our jazz and pop poll. Okay, so. There's more in there. I'll find out what's in that one. Then the next one that I have is May 1972. Arthur C. Clarke time, time, teams up with uh, underground artist Skip Williamson. John Clellan Holmes looks at Los Angeles. Now, how many of you know who John Clellan Holmes is? I bet you probably none of my listeners would know that. I'm putting that out there. I'm going to say none. Well, if I turn over to my shelf, I will find a book here called Go, which was published before Kerouac's On the Road because Holmes was Kerouac's very, very close friend. The two shared an awful lot um, about the whole beat scene. He was uh, he was a part of it. He was a little more straight than Kerouac. He was a married man and so on, but he was a serious writer. And uh, like I didn't know that until I just picked up this magazine just now. That holy shit, this has got an article. I'm looking for the book he wrote. Um, he did a he did a couple of books. Of course, not famous like Kerouac, but if you're a Beat fan, you knew who he was. Um, so there you go. Plus, oh, another one. This is this is two years. This is. 72, two years later, uh, plus Alan Watts, John Cheever, and Michael Crichton. More Alan Watts. Now, this is just, this is a thrill to me to go back in time. What was Alan Watts saying in 72? He sort of at his peak then in terms of being a guru. And here we are, May, March 1978. It's up to $2. Um, Pretty Baby, 1978's naughtiest film. Look at this. Bob Dylan interview. Bob Dylan interview, Gore Vidal's new sci-fi thriller, and Ralph Nader on sports. Come on, come on. These are gold. You you just cannot, well, maybe you can. I'm hoping you can. You know, my regular listeners, my regular followers know that I get on kicks for things. It, it's how my brain works. I, I have, you, you know... 
a little bit ADD, maybe more than a little bit, which I've passed on, unfortunately. Um, but I get excited. I get fired up by something, and then I get into it. And right now, from just watching that, started yesterday, randomly, what am I going to watch today? Oh, after, oh, yeah, okay, maybe I'll try that. And now here I am, deep into these magazines that have got gold. I mean, this is so much material to get through. All the reading material I've got sitting in my very own bar. And that's what I need to be doing. I need to be, I've got this place. I've got to spend more time down here. I've got to be, this is this is the place. And especially now, with somewhat more limited mobility, uh, just but when my son went up, he said, Dad, you should just see if you can drag your walker up there by yourself. You know, you don't need me to get you help help you get up and downstairs. Yeah, of course I'm going to do that. Fold this thing, drag it up as I'm bumming my way back up the stairs so that I can come down here anytime I want and uh, dig in. And this is the perfect place to be in the winter when I can't get out walking on the icy sidewalks. And, you know, I'm just, I don't need to drive to a park. I've got everything right here. So I'm going to, on that note, and I want I want you to, I, I want you to hear <laughs> uh, what I'm saying I'm feeling very excited right now, very happy. And and this is kind of a where I have to get to because you might have been able to tell from, you know, past couple of episodes, I've been a little bit bummed about the facing up to limited mobility, you know, things that are going to be much more difficult for me to do. And now here I am, maybe turn that corner. And today, man, in a matter of hours, I'm going to be going out there trying out these these new devices. I'm I'm very excited about getting one, which sounds kind of silly, but no, hey, that's cool, man. It's got a seat, a backrest, a little carrier. Holy shit, I'm going to be able to get around and and without the risk of falling. You know, I mean, my cane served me well, but it's not enough now. It's not enough. It's just too much of a risk of my left knee just buckling. So anyway, there I go again. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Sorry. But I, I'm just trying to compare and show you where maybe I'm trying to get to. And, and right now I feel I'm there. I'm just excited. I'm going to hang up from you and I'm going to get right back into just spending the rest of the time here until it's time to go out um, reading through my old Playboy magazines with a great deal of excitement. I'm just so glad I've got these. And I, and I knew yesterday, good, watching that video. Hey, guess what, Ken? you got magazines that you bought and you haven't even looked at down in your basement. Go dig those out. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So there you are. The brain is all fired up and happy. Scarborough Dude signing out from his basement bar. You'll be hearing more from me from this very location, I have the feeling. Um, This is going to be, yeah, this is going to be something. Scarborough Dude signing out. Bye for now.
Yeah. It's me and I'm back, and this is the last clip for this uh, this podcast. Let me turn down Stevie Wonder. Uh, what a wonderful voice and uh, songwriter. Anyway, it is uh, Thursday, March the 8th, I believe. I know, because, oh, March the 9th. I had my physio come today and run me through my exercises, which I have to do every day. Um, I have the feeling if I had done them after my knee surgery and kept it up for the past three years daily doing exercise, I wouldn't be in as bad shape as I am now, but that is uh, that is history. Water under the bridge, whatever. Um, so anyway, where are we? I, I'm, I, I'm still finding it awkward doing this podcast because the voice part of me is thinking... Why are you even bothering? I don't think nobody cares anymore anyway, and and that's fine. That's that's never been, you know. I've never had a huge fan base. I know there are a few regular listeners who uh, who listen every time, and that's great. I appreciate that. But I, I don't feel I have anything to offer, and right now I just seem to be so wrapped up. I mean, I've always been so wrapped up in myself, and now it's taken this other turn. That I said I wouldn't talk about its health, but I have to talk about it because it's what's happening. Yesterday, I got my new mobility device, my Nexus 3 Rollator. Now, before I got it, I was so excited about this. I, I like, I wanted to buy one of these things. I was, I was online. I was. Uh, Checking the different models, comparing them, and so on. I, I talked about that, I guess. Anyway, arranged to meet a physiotherapist, and this is her specialty. She sizes people up to get them the right thing, runs through your history, does all the paperwork, submits it to the government, and the government pays for it, 75% of it. So I walked out with a brand new, large or tall size Nexus 3 with a nice, you know, pull up the, on the seat and it just folds in half but it's still a big sucker because I'm big it's got a wonderful seat that I can sit on it's got hand brakes it's it's wonderful and I'd really you know up until yesterday I was so excited about getting one of these things when I got home yesterday I just I was kind of bummed out I was kind of like it, it when I looked at this big hulking thing and realize, why is it here? Well, it's here because you can't walk, dude, without the risk of falling. And you might be using one of these suckers for a very, very long time. You might not get back to walking with a cane. And, and then the reality hit me. Before, it was just, I'm going to buy something new. It's really cool, you know? It really looks neat. But when I realized what I was buying and why, uh, wow. So I, I, was, I was, you know, all, all this... Excitement, waiting, can't wait. You know, I hope they have the, I hope they have them in stock, and I can go home with it right away. Yeah, well, we did that, but then um, the reality sunk in. So I've just used it. I'm in the road track now um, because it's a sunny day, and I've been. I just, oh, I hate wasting time. I did stuff today, but it's never enough. You got to do more to make a day worthwhile. And by God, with YouTube and Twitter and everything else, you can just suck so much of your life away. Ugh, it's awful. So I said, no, get out to the road track. And even that is an ordeal, getting this big fat thing out the front door onto the deck, or onto the front porch, and then, you know, holding a brake so it doesn't roll away from you, and then positioning it to get so that you can step into it uh, and then wheel it towards the road track and uh, anyway I, I got it I did it I went out and believe it or not that was that's an accomplishment good okay you've done that you've done that you can do it you can get in and out of the road track now with that thing because I'm determined I'm going to go camping and this thing will will make it that much easier for me and safer whatever I am sorry and I, I'm sorry that I can't yet get away from this and move on to the more important things like, uh, you know, gee, Margaret Atwood's finally writing a, released a new book of poems today and is, or stories, short stories, uh, dealing, I guess, with the death of her husband. 
and then is going to write uh, her uh, autobiography. And wow, won't that be wonderful? That is exciting stuff. And uh, it was just nice to see her recognized in the States on uh, television and just, you know, we've we've produced some very fine Canadians and you got your Leonard Cohen uh, and you've got your Margaret Atwood. There's just, just two examples people can be so proud of. Uh, and then, you know, any number of actors and others, but uh, those two come to mind. So, what else we got? I'm, I think my my mental faculties are, well, they never were sharp, we know that. But, boy, trying to remember stuff, that's hard. Oh, this is such a good song. Let me just turn this up a bit. Come back in now. I love that. You know how music, you just connect it with a time. And I can remember when hearing this song and, and just loving the energy. Um, I guess so I, I, in my defense, there's nobody else that I can find who's telling their details of their lives. I, I, I know two people uh, from Ohio who do a show about... Uh, Eating chocolate and things and other food items, for example. But I don't get what's really going on in their lives. I guess it has to be a solo effort. Two people may not open up. And and for most people, they don't want to. They want to talk about music or talk about things or talk about stuff, not about themselves. But I really wish there were others. Um... Shane Burley used to. We're not hearing as much from Shane anymore. I know the, uh, what's that other fellow, the original Jason. Um, pretty rare for him to put out a podcast these days, and that's okay. That's his choice and so on. But it doesn't seem to be a thing. Maybe it's something I do, but it doesn't seem to be a thing that other people care that much about. And I want to know, what, what what is it like to be you? What is it like to be you? What do you what do you feel? How does the day go? What's it like when it's a bad day? What's it like when it's a good day? You know, what do you what makes you happy? What what are you worried about? What do you care about? What are you dreaming of? What are you hoping for? What do you want? What's your view of the world? Is it gonna get better? Is it really as ugly as it really fucking appears to be right now? Oh my god. You know, is there where do you find joy? Do you pray? You know, there's just so much. I want to know about you individuals, you as a listener out there, anybody. And and I guess people just don't seem to want to do it or it's of no value. But here's what it is. I worry that we are losing to some degree our individuality. We're consuming. We're watching other people's fucking TikToks up the ass. But people are, are losing their sense of self and... and Today I finished that article in Playboy magazine, that whole thing by Ken Purdy on, um, was it Purdy? I think so. Anyway, on Formula One. What a wonderfully, incredibly well-written piece on the history of Formula One and what it's like to drive Monaco. Holy shit, it was well-written. And that's how he made his living as a writer. 
But that is a magazine that doesn't exist because everything is fast. Everything is TikTok. Everything is Twitter. Everything is just passing by in a stream. And you just sort of watch this blur, like rain passing over you. And you're, no, no, you're not taking the time. People aren't. Children aren't. Young people aren't. The human race is fucking being shifted by technology, by consumerism, of course. Capitalism has fucking ruined our lives. Oh, there's so much. Jesus Christ. So I'm going to end on that note. But I just I just wish I'm lonely. I want to hear from other people. God damn it. All right.